0: Get 60% off at com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Listen. What's good and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast for the week of October 15th. Today we're going to be talking about... Nintendo's Joy-Con price reju- reduction in Japan, our Mario Kart Live home circuit review, how Steve stacks up in Smash, and so much more. I'm your host, Janet Garcia, and no, I'm not Casey DeFridis. She is actually out on vacation in the woods, but not in a dangerous or sketchy way. Uh, but we still have an awesome show planned for y'all today, and I'm joined by Tom Marks. Hello. I'm, Mitchell I'm Saltzman.
2: Warn- Real quick. Hello. I, I want to warn everyone, uh, earlier this morning... I saw a spider scurry across my desk and then it went behind my monitor and I never saw it again. So if I freak out and mute myself at some point, you all know what's going on.
3: Oh, man. Now I'm anticipating it.
2: Yeah. Sorry to awesome.
3: interrupt.
1: Hi, I'm <laughs> Mitchell Saltzman. <laughs> what's good, Mitchell? And Brendan Graber.
4: And also featuring NBC special guest, the spider. Come on exactly.
1: down. Um, spiders aside, how are y'all doing today?
4: Hey, hate spiders.
1: Good.
3: It's so early. I don't even know how to answer that, <laughs> but I think it's am it doing is 10,
1: good. It is 1043 in the morning. It is not that early. It is post, it's post McDonald's breakfast time. So it's, it's not late. It's not, it's not that early.
4: This is early for me. <laughs> yeah. My brain takes about like 12 hours into the day to wake up and then I'm, then I'm ready.
1: Yeah. I'm working from home. This is early. <laughs> I feel that. Also, for people that are not watching the video version, I just want to point out that me and Brendan have the same Halloween skeleton skull lights because we went to the same sale at Daiso and bought all the same stuff for like $2. That's
4: how we do it. Amazing.
1: It's the only way to do it. Um, All right, let's go ahead and jump into it. So Nintendo is reducing single Joy-Con price in Japan. Uh, Starting November 6th, a single Joy-Con will cost uh, 3,740 yen Uh, plus tax, and fourth down from 4,480 yen, also plus tax, which is a 16.5% price reduction. Now, it is worth noting that these were already more expensive in Japan than they were in the U.S., so we could kind of look at this as, oh, maybe they're just kind of bringing it back down to a more normal or solidified rate, but what do y'all make of this move, and do you think we're going to see price reductions in other territories?
2: I hope so. (laughs) I really hope so. I mean, like, really this, is hope so. this is a thing we talked about when I was went on that Joy-Con drift tear uh, a little while ago already. But, like, it's insane how expensive Joy-Con are. It's always been expe- insane how expensive Joy-Con are, especially with the problems that they have with durability and, and kind of reuse uh, and wear and tear. Like, y- the Nintendo's kind of always, in my eyes, pretended like a single Joy-Con is a valid controller, and it is in very specific situations like, you can use it really well. Like, if you're just doing a party game or if you're doing a simple button game, like, it's it's totally fair. Fine that way. But, like, the fact that 2 Joy-Con is $20 more than any other launch controller, basically, and is still that price is, like, pretty frustrating. And, like...
4: It still has Joy-Con drift.
2: Yeah, and still has Joy-Con drift. So this is, like, a little annoying to see... I, I like if if it is already if Joy-Con were already more expensive in Japan, like that's a disappointment, and it's cool to see them get a reduction to kind of bring that in line. And if that's what this is, like sure, fine, I'm not gonna complain, but like also I feel like it is just also a trigger for a lot of
3: people to be like, yeah, these should be cheaper anyway. And and I think the other thing to consider is that there's other other better alternatives that you can get other than a Joy-Con. You can get a Pro Controller, which solves so many of my issues with controlling games on the switch. Um, so yeah, I I'm, I'm happy. The price is coming down. I would like it to come down even more. Uh, and you know, it's especially frustrating because I, I still have joy con drift in both my controllers. I've been doing the, the alcohol, you know, and the Q-tip method to try and like put a band aid on it, but it always comes back. And so, yeah, I just, I don't know. It, to me, I feel like I need to get new joy con. So it's it's good to at least have that price come down, hopefully.
1: Yeah, I was just about to mention that, like how many of you here have bought additional Joy-Con because of Drift specifically?
3: Not yet, because I got, uh, got a pro controller and nice. there's yeah. no one coming over to my, my house, so.
4: <laughs> yeah. I only bought the extra one so that Tom could modify to make him look cooler. <laughs> nice. I
3: remember that. Yeah, no, I don't think I've bought Joy-Con
2: specifically to address Drift. I've sent a Joy-Con in once for drift and they fixed it and it came back within a few weeks. Um, and now my other pair of Joy-Con are starting to drift and I'm just basically have just been using my pro controller consistently now. I mean, the problem also is that like my Joy-Con sitting on my couch, which is not far away from my TV will sometimes desync Like if I put my Mm -hmm. hands under my blanket, they'll like lose connection, you know, like it's it's little things like that. So it also makes me reticent to even invest in more Joy-Con to solve that problem, because then they're just going to break again.
1: Yeah, I've been feeling very uh, paranoid about I have the Animal Crossing Switch. I don't know if any of y'all have that, but they're very pretty Joy-Con. It has like this whole nice bundled package and I kind of don't even want to use them because I feel like. I if I use them too much, they're going to break. But then if I don't use them at all, it's sort of like, well, then why do I have this? They're essentially decorative at that point. Um, I did run into a super weird situation where I put my Animal Crossing Joy-Con on my old original Switch, and for some reason that like made one of the Joy-Con drift, and then I desync them and resync the other ones, and then it was fine, and I just kind of walked away from the situation. <laughs> so yeah. I don't like that. That stresses me out. Um, I brought this up on the show before, but what do y'all imagine the future of retro collecting for the Switch to be? Is this going to be another stiff N64 controller analog stick situation?
2: Yeah, it's not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's hard to imagine, right? It's hard to it's hard to think of a world where the switch is like fun to try to get a new one of in a year or two or or in like 10 years, you know, in a generation or two, but like also, maybe there will be so many options because you can do things like plug in a GameCube controller and plug in a a pro controller, you know, there's third-party options. Like maybe there are just enough options that that'll mitigate it, but Joy-Con themselves are going to be like, I feel like just a bunch of, you're gonna to have to find a bunch of junk before you find anything useful.
4: What yeah, about you, Brendan? Any I'm thoughts dumb. on this? <laughs> this also kinda of goes to like Nintendo's idea of um legacy content not dropping in price. Mm. Like you could go to Target and find um Mario Galaxy for the Wii and it's will be twenty bucks. Even while they're selling like the 3D All Stars for like sixty, like so, like, I don't know if we're going to see it easier to get Joy-Cons for more reasonable prices in the future. It may, it may take many more years from the go, like, okay, $5 off. That's the best you're getting.
1: But, like, how good's that $5 off going to feel when, I, it finally, <laughs> when it finally comes
4: at, through? At that point, like, I'm not, like, pair who collects 800 different Joy-Con colors. So I don't know if that's really going to make me feel better. But I got my Pro Controller, so I guess I'll just throw my hands up at that situation.
1: Yeah, that's also my main thing that I use. Um, One question I'd like to end on for this topic is with like next gen stuff with PS5 and um, the Xbox Series X, right? Is that right? Is that, is that finally correct? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, <laughs> with, I'm like, is that what it's called? I always have to like look vaguely into the distance for that name. Um, with those like kind of hardware and software increasing in price, does that take the sting out of what we've already been going through as Nintendo Switch fans, or does that just kind of solidify? Like, why were we paying these next gen prices for, especially hardware that doesn't really stack up?
3: For uh, for the for, controllers or for the the console or the consoles the, the controller specifically um i mean i, I feel like i've, I've always kind of uh paid a a premium for for nintendo controllers especially in like the wii and wii u you know the later generations of nintendo where they have kind of a a, a unique aspect of the controller where whether it's motion whether it's you know obviously with the wii you have a, a screen on your controller um and with the, you know, the the switch controllers, there's also the the, the gyro aspect of it. The, you know, the fact that they can be used for for stuff that's more than just using sticks and buttons. Um, so I don't know. I, I that aspect of it didn't really bother me all that much. Um, there's also the
4: point that uh, Nintendo never really sees themselves as a direct competitor to what Sony and Microsoft are doing half the time. So I'm right. sure they don't really see it as an issue at all with the new consoles coming out, they kind of go on their own schedule.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's sort of like Nintendo's weirdly not next-gen, but not last-gen. It's like this weird hybrid-gen situation for a hybrid console, which oddly fits, I guess, but can definitely sometimes be a little bit um, frustrating or just kind of leave us playing our own game off to the side. Uh, moving on, our Mario Live Home Circuit review is now up. Y'all can read it and watch it on IGN or on our YouTube Um, I did the review, please go watch the video version because it is full of footage of my cat. And so many people have been like, I love this cat. Um, This cat has done better work at IGN than I think I've done in my one and a half years here. And I'm not mad at it. Bruce is great go watch it. Um, I try to go really thorough on all of your guys' questions, um, but I'm going to go ahead and mention one. It comes out on October 16th, the actual product. The cart is $100, but the software is actually free for you to just go ahead and download once that's out. Um, as far as the review, I gave it a seven, and uh, my verdict was essentially this. Mark Live Home Circuits mixed reality novelty excels when you have the space and motivation to make your courses flourish but occasional tech hiccups and clogged wheels are hazards just as dangerous as any blue shell. That said, when I took the time to really lean into the creative challenge building a track presented me with, I was often rewarded by having a blast racing on it. Some familiar mechanics get lost in the translation to AR, but this is still an enjoyable Mario Kart game, no matter what roadway I made. Um, so first of all, I just want to open it up to what questions you guys have on this. Obviously, I have a bunch to say, as I wrote a bunch about it already, Um, But I wanted to see what you guys were thinking. And also, are you planning on picking this up?
3: Did you go renegade and go off a sick ramp?
1: I did not end up going off of a (laughs) ramp only because I didn't really have what was needed to properly build it. But I did try to break it as much as I could without breaking it before doing the review. So I rammed into a lot of stuff kind of by accident, but it worked out as a, oh, I'm like, I'm stress testing. I'm not bad at driving. It's fine. Um, And I went really far with like, Trying to see just how far from the console I can get and how big my track could be. It's funny because a few people were like, well, of course it didn't work. Nintendo said it wouldn't. I'm like, yeah, but like I had to, I had to, like, we all know people aren't going to follow the rules with this cart. So I did yeah. uh, push it to its limits in that sense.
4: You're not know going to ask for it, Janet.
0: <laughs> did
4: you take it outside? outside? Take I inside? didn't
1: take it outside. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take it outside only because um, there's not really like, well, honestly, it was the dirt that that stopped me from taking it outside. Uh, besides the fact that I know it's not going to work well with the Wi-Fi, I actually do have a patio off of my bedrooms that I thought maybe you could just still work. Turn the camera
4: leave your live look right now. Just run outside and do it.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe some other time. I think <laughs> would be a good time for that. Um, a time that's not today. But honestly, like one of my biggest gripes, and maybe I'm just like dirty. I don't know what it is, but there are so many times the wheels got clogged and I have to like take tweezers and pull out strands and strands of hair, like my hair, my roommate's hair, my cat's hair. Um, it's funny cause Tom, you know, was editing the review and he's like, Oh, is this like, would you say like the, this is like a normal amount of hair though to have? And I asked my family, I'm like, would you say this is a normal amount of hair to have? And they're like, absolutely not. No, this is abnormal. I don't know why y'all shed so much. The cat oversheds you overshed. I don't know how many people this situation will affect, but that is something that I mentioned um, often in my review. And one reason that I didn't take it outside, I figured if home debris is kind of damaging, I didn't want to like push it to like actual
3: weather issues. That's really interesting because I, you know, I used to have a dog and, you know, he, he would shed a lot. and uh, it, it would be, you know, the kind of stuff that you, I, I had tile, uh, you know, on my floor and it wouldn't be something that you could really see if you just like looked at, uh, you know the the room but once you start sweeping you're like man there's a lot of dog hair on this ground on the ground so i i'm actually very curious uh how that how having a, a pet is really going to uh, affect or having multiple pets is really going to affect your ability to enjoy this game long term um and the kind of maintenance that you have to go through in order to make sure that you know you're able to play this
2: Yeah, $100 is a
3: a big investment to to make on something that, you know, it might not work all that well.
2: Yeah. And that's that's I I think probably part of the reason it gets dirtied up like that, too, is that it's smaller than I was expecting it to be. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's like really tiny Um, from the video. I thought it'd be just much more sizable. Something about the angles made it look bigger, but uh, it is around the size of a banana. The classic banana comparison was done. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, um, I think it's also a different comparison of like what a normal RC car, right? Um, obviously, they don't take advantage of AR capabilities, but there are a lot of them are built really durable, and that's why there are like ramps and like going outside. So, because you know that the tires are not going to give out two seconds in of like, oh, there's a pebble, because you have to stop moving now. So, it is two very different situations that people need to keep in mind.
2: the The thing that struck me from your review too, was like, I didn't realize that this was a thing that went over Wi-Fi, and that was super disappointing for me to find out. I thought it just connected by this, like, Bluetooth, whatever the controllers connect with, you know, I thought it was just that same sort of thing. Um, Janet, you and me and Dan were talking about how potentially, like, Maybe it like needs the Wi-Fi because the video feed is too much to do over Bluetooth, right? So probably it uses Wi-Fi for sending the camera or something. That's all speculation. But like regardless of the reason, it's super disappointing that you can't just like use this thing as an RC car wherever you want it, right? Like it, 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 is, it sounds weirdly inflexible to me that it's like this is a game And you have to play it as this game, like, or at least just in a room that has Wi-Fi. You can't just, like, go outside and just run around the backyard a little bit, even if the, like, AR doesn't function outside for whatever reason. At least you could just drive it. And it's like, no, I can't even do that, right? Like, that's not necessarily a deal breaker if you're buying it for the game part of it. But it is just sort of, like, strangely inflexible. It's much more flexible than I thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, it's even at the point where like you and I don't know all like the logistics behind this. I only know what's on the like menu screen of, hey, you're having connection issues. Here's why. Like here's the recommended distance from the console, um, which is five meters. I was able to go past five meters, but that is what Nintendo recommends. Um, It's it's also weird that like you can't even use any like other online stuff while you're playing. Like I can't um, go to the home menu and look at, you know, how you can click on your icon and see like your data and your friend. Like you can't click on that while you're using the uh-huh. game because it's like oh like you're you're using like other wi-fi stuff like this is a whole like separate thing so it just seemed like it's rather like taxing um that said i was super impressed by it uh, it sort of came to me in waves like when i first started i was just like so in love it was so cool i'm like oh my god this is my apartment and then uh, after you know some maintenance issues came up i'm like man F this game. I hate this this is so much work like sure. it's not worth it like my game's not even that good and then it kind of came back around when I like built my first really exciting course where I kind of worked out the kinks of how far can I go what makes it fun you know how do I make it like hard enough that I'm intrigued by it but not so hard that I'm constantly wiping out um, you know dealing with my cat roaming around which I could just like put her into a different room but then she like doesn't have access to like her litter box and that seems like a dangerous thing to to like put into play um which i also talk about in my review so yeah it definitely like has an kind of on again off again thing um one thing a lot of people have asked is like well will this go beyond like a one day of fun thing um it's really tough to say and it's really up to the person like for me i I enjoyed it enough that i am going to buy my own cart like i have the one that came with the review i had already pre-ordered it so i'm going to just still pick it up and see what it's like to do the multiplayer because i didn't get to do that for the review and I kind of had to like ask myself and ask my brother. I'm like, okay, well, one, will you play with me? So is it worth buying? And then two, I'm like, well, how long will you play with me? Because this is $100. And he's like, well, how long do I need to play for it to be like worth it? And I'm like, I think like five hours. Like, I'm not really sure. It's it's very odd. Like normally money game stuff doesn't really work like that. But you sort of have to think of like, how much are you going to get your like $100 of fun out of buying that extra cart or like buying the cart at all? Um, I think that answer is yes, even if it's a flash in the pan kind of situation. I think it's worth that flash in the pan because it's so cool, but obviously, you know, we all have our own financial setups. I'm obviously not suggesting that if you like if this is too much to you, then maybe trust that instinct, but um, I'm really excited about it and i'm I'm looking forward to having that second car because I had a lot of fun with it
2: well there's there's also the question of like barrier to entry of just dipping back in right like obviously this isn't just mario kart on your switch and it's not trying to be exactly that um but like the fact that you do have to set you have to like clear space and set up a course and make sure that the wheels aren't clogged every time you want to (laughs) play is just making it more difficult to dip into that that experience right in the same way that like it's really easy for me to dip into VR on my Oculus Quest because all I got to do is put it on, whereas I basically never use the PSVR I have in my house because it is a hassle to set it up, right? Mm -hmm. And even though it's a fun experience and there's lots of things I could use it for, like, I just don't really want to do that. So, like, that's an interesting part of it to me is, like, even if the, the game is good... How many times down the line are you going to be like, oh, man, I want to play Mario Kart live, but I don't really want to set up all those gates right now. Right. And then like if you have that feeling like it'll just limit it.
3: Yeah, for for me, this is not something that I plan on getting just because I feel like my my apartment is is too small and it's too much stuff that I would have to move aside in order to to make it work. But the value that I would see if I was going to get it would be to, you know, pack it up take it over to my my sisters and mm-hmm. play it with the the niece and nephew uh, and like do that you know in the on the occasion that I, I go visit because I'm sure they would flip out over it and it would just be a fun thing for us to do all together make a course uh, and you know ride for like an hour or two and then you know I leave C- like a couple months pass I go back we do it again and that sure. sounds like a ton of fun for me. And much more fun than just playing hide and seek, or you know, just having them jump on me for an hour. Yeah, (laughs) and that way you almost got to treat it more like a toy than a game, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, I think that's kind of how Nintendo is positioning it, in my opinion. Totally, totally.
4: And a lot of it has to do with like you know the age of your imagination, really. Like as a as a thirty year old with a tiny apartment, yeah, I'm not really the target demographic here. But like if I was, if it was 1998. Uh, My parents, nice suburban house with the big open living room floor and all my friends on the street want to come over and play like, yeah, this is going to be really worth it. And like it's the same thing with like, you know, an action figure like by itself. How much fun do you get of it? Well, how far does your imagination go? Like I, I could see in a month from now, we'll be seeing like these crazy, ingenious course people have been making in their living room using all sorts of crazy little like different obstacles and like. Things that we can't even comprehend right now. And I think there will be longevity, people who want to see longevity in this Mm -hmm. due to their own imagination and what they have to work with. But, you know, if you don't have that available or if you don't have the time for it, it's okay to say, you know, not really for me, but it's still great.
3: Yeah, I'll just say if you were ever looking to start a YouTube channel and you're trying to find an angle, the angle is. Get a uh, one of these carts and make your channel all about making the coolest courses you could possibly make. I guarantee you there's an audience for it. I will subscribe to that channel day one Uh, and and
4: recreate Mario Kart courses in your garage and just (laughs) like, hey, we made Toad's Turnpike inside my garage, like actual moving RC cars to dodge like
1: this is probably person. the only time that i will say if you have that channel comment it below because i want to <laughs> yeah. see it like this is it. the self this is the only time that that will not get deleted or marked as spam like i want to see it that we would made be really a cool.
4: model just castle and then we drove right through and burst right, pieces. right. <laughs>
1: that, but brendan i'm sad you're not going to get it because like i know you would break it and i want to see the way you'd break it
4: i'd probably get my my, my lego arkham asylum and then just make a like a race course out of it, just drive right through and break into billion pieces for science.
2: <laughs> you know what yeah, I like, but... Go ahead, uh, I was just going to say, I wish this game had online, because how cool would it be to, like... Be controlling a cart in someone else's home and see their home like through its camera. It's very uh, like, watchdogs. God. Yeah, it's very watchdogs. Of, like, of, Gina, uh, you of build you. A, a course in your house, and then on my switch, I'm just like driving it around your house. That'd be so cool. It'd be oh, like just, like man, roam
1: past my folder sure. with my social security number information in it. You know,
4: <laughs> um, i fifty bucks. bucks.
1: I think that's one reason, besides the technical challenge. I think that's why they don't let you do that. Um, like, sure. I, I remember in the, like the review notes, they made like a thing mentioning like, oh, kind of like if it comes up, like make sure you, people know that it, this isn't like direct capture from the Switch. Um, it's from an Elgato, it's or some other type of software. I think they make that besides like like other issues that could come up with people recording inappropriate things and posting them online from like a Switch. I think it's also like a privacy issue thing.
3: Sure, um, totally, yeah. Man, now I'm just imagining a Switch version of Watch Dogs Legion where you can recruit a gamer and he pulls out a Switch, (laughs) starts controlling a Mario Kart, presses a button, throws a banana peel, a guy slips.
4: (laughs) I play it. Yeah.
1: Please make that. What the next DLC pack is going to be, because I would be super into it. Um, but kind of following along this topic, um, I'd love to know if you guys think it is time for Mario Kart 9. And I also asked our community at large if they think it's time for Mario Kart 9. So right now we're going to listen to, uh, two video comments that we have. Uh, this is via the video commenting tool we have on the bottom of our articles, uh, Yappa. Super easy to sign up. Look out for the articles, uh, that call out for it. Tell us, um, and then a question. But this is what this is from. And we're going to go ahead and listen to this first one from Brenton Belcher.
2: Hey, guys. Brenton from Dallas here. So I love Mario Kart 8. It's my favorite one in the franchise, but it's time for a new one. We haven't had a new entry in the franchise since 2014. So it's almost seven years. I would probably be just as fine with DLC for Mario Kart 8 with new carts, courses, and characters. But come on. It's time for a whole new mainline game. And I think they should go the Smash Brothers route and do a Mario Kart Ultimate. I mean, how cool would it be to have more Nintendo franchises, characters, and courses, and carts, and all that? And even just celebrating gaming in general, like, come on, Halo courses, driving in a Ghost or a Warthog? I think that'd be really cool. And I don't think we're going to have to wait till like, the new, new Nintendo console, whatever that's going to be. I think, if anything, we might have to wait a year or two, maybe with the Switch Pro model coming. If it does, maybe it's good timing. Who knows? What do you guys think? He I'm makes a strong points, strong argument. I mean, it, gonna, it, it has been a while, right?
4: I can't believe it's 2014. It's so long
2: ago, yeah. It's because Deluxe made it feel yeah, less it
4: made it feel though. fresh again. I'm gonna be
3: completely honest. It might be because I'm new to Discord podcasts. I wasn't able to hear that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you might just have to click into the box. But uh, essentially, uh, okay. he was just saying like, yeah, I think it's time. It's been a while. Um, and and thinking of going more of like a Smash Ultimate route where it's not so much drawing from like nintendo specifically but kind of any products that nintendo can get in there that are just on nintendo platforms. so Mm -hmm. like the idea of just doing like really like wild courses with like different carts from like different franchises yeah i mean that would be really cool but then i think they'd end up being back in that situation of like well if that's what mark if if mario kart 9 is mario kart ultimate like what's mario kart 10 but i don't know i guess that's like a problem that they'd have to deal with later
2: frankly i don't I, I think Mario Kart Nine, whenever it does arrive, because obviously they're making it, right? Or it's if they're not making it, they have plans to make it something. They're they're not gonna let this court or this this franchise die at eight, right? Like that's I think something a very, very safe assumption. Um I'd like them to not call it just Mario Kart Nine. I'd like it to have an angle or a twist or something weird and different that's not just like Mario Kart Ultimate, which is a fun idea for sure. It's just like, I, I kind of want them to do like, like one of the, like, think if you think back on old Mario Karts, like nobody remembers seven, right? Like you, you, what you remember is double dash, right? Like you remember that thing that had a hook and then you remember eight cause it's been amazing. And like, there are some others in there, but like, I think more and more games are doing that where they're moving away from the number. And I think it would work for Mario Kart if they just said, you know what, Mario Kart eight deluxe was Probably the p like one of the best the series has ever had. So like, let's not just try to do nine. Let's do something weird with it this time. Because if they try to do nine, I'm just going to be comparing it to eight, and I don't know how it stacks up.
4: Hundred percent agree. Kart triple dash.
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: There's yeah, just hundred percent agree with
3: Tom. uh I I am experiencing Mario Kart exhaustion, and it's it's because Mario Kart is a series that really hasn't changed all that much since since the honestly since the smes days it's always been about the grand prix you know 100 c or 50 cc 100 cc 150 cc 200 cc and it's just it's it's been the same format of the game with you know i i would say substantial gameplay improvements with 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 uh, each one but at the same time, we've never gotten a real story mode. Whereas, you know, we've gotten all kinds of kart games that have had pretty decent story modes. Crash Team Racing just got that that uh that remake and it was great. You know, it it had a, a really forward-thinking uh story mode by Janet.
4: <laughs> Janet. I'm still here, it's fine. <laughs> um, you
3: know, even though that was a remake of a PlayStation One game, I played it for the first time and I'm like, man this story mode is really cool. There's all kinds of different objectives in the races. Uh, and it's not just, you know, going through the same uh, Grand Prix with progressive difficulty increases. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's what I want to see at Mario Kart 9. Just something new in the formula. Because I think the formula is stale for me.
4: I will say this. If I see one more baby gold medal Mario character... <laughs> I've had it with this series. No more babies. No more different chromely metal metallic things. Please, Nintendo. I can't stand anymore. You did not see like a baby, baby Wario TV.
2: or baby Waluigi. No, I'm done. Yeah, baby Baby Rosalina and Rose Gold Peach. I think were the points where I went. Oh uh, right. yeah. All right. Okay.
4: It's gonna be a uh, baby Jade Wario with filigree. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I do. Uh, I do not. think I do think it would be really cool, though, for for Mario Kart to embrace uh, guest characters a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, though, I'm going to be sad if uh, we get Gino in Mario Kart and not smash. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool. and speaking of Mario Kart exhaustion, uh, we have a take from Christopher that's sort of on the other end of that spectrum.
0: What's good, Nintendo voice chat, Christopher Trindade back again, and uh, I'm actually going to say no. And now I, I say that as a person who owned a Wii U, uh, played Mario Kart 8 when it came out, played the DLC and picked up Deluxe, didn't play it as much because I'd already been there. But for a lot of the 61 million plus people who own a Switch, uh, they did not own a Wii U. And so they didn't play this game when it came out. And for a lot of them, this game only came out three years ago. And since we've had Mario Kart Tour and Mario Kart Now uh, Home Circuit. So... Through this lens isn't it actually a little redundant to focus on Mario Kart nine? That said, they do a switch pro next year with Mario Kart nine. I buy it.
2: yeah, I think that's a fair point yeah. I mean that's something we definitely do have to always remind ourselves is that like I loved the Wii U. I think the Wii U is great it it has its moments it has a lot of games that take really good advantage of it, but like that console did not sell well, and that console did not sell well on its own and it really did not sell well in the context of the switch the switch's rampant success so i think that's a really good point that like for a lot of people this is not like mario kart 8 deluxe is not an old game at all because it still looks good it still feels good and yeah i mean like we're still getting to the point where it's you know it's three years old now at that point so there 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 is room for that but I, i think he makes good points with the fact that like we're not a we're not at, like, a, a loss for Mario Kart right now in general. Yeah, you
4: don't need to saturate the market.
2: Right.
1: So, ultimately, where do you guys land on this? Are you, like, for or against having a nine anytime soon? Eh,
4: I'm oh. not going to go crazy if it doesn't come out in the next couple of years. Like, give me Metro Prime 4 first and Breath of the Wild 2 first.
3: Ooh, I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> <If> we can <laughs> be, be a, a long time. time a nine. Yeah, uh, for me, it's it's really a matter of... I, I need to see what they're doing with it for me to get excited about it. Um, if it's just another Mario Kart, I don't know. And I like I said, Mario Kart exhaustion. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah well, something I- that is out now that we can check out is uh, Minecraft Steve Smash Impressions. So uh, Minecraft Steve came out that dropped on Tuesday. Um, what do you all think of this? Have you had a chance to play it?
4: Oh, I've gotten a chance to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I got kind of well, a smaller chance to play it. Uh,
3: yeah, I, I'm I'm reviewing him as a DLC character. Um, I just upload or I just upload my first screener to uh to uh you know get some feedback on it. Uh, but yeah, Minecraft Steve is a very interesting Smash Brothers character. He there's. N- no one like him at all, and I know I say that about a lot of Smash Brothers characters, but there's really no one like Minecraft Steve in, in Smash Brothers. He is incredibly mechanically dense. He has a a resource management system. He can craft. He can build blocks. Uh, it's insane how much of Minecraft they they incorporated into Smash Brothers. Um, the you know the big question I ask in my review is like. Does all this innovation make him fun though? And the answer is kind of, but also kind of not. He is so resource dependent in his moveset to, because basically what happens is when you start a match, you have a a set number of resources. And every time you use certain moves, it drains those resources. So if you use a Minecraft, if you use a a minecart, it'll drain your, your iron and you'll have to actually mine some iron in the level to get that resource back in order to use minecarts again. Uh, and what ends up happening is if you use minecarts a lot, uh like I do, because it's such a good move, uh, you find yourself kind of starved for, for resources. And so you have to, you know, break out of the action, go off to to an edge, you know, start, you know, clicking away at, at the ground, hoping you get some some iron. And while that's happening, you have to hope that the opponent isn't fast enough or aggressive enough to interrupt you while you're trying to do this. Um, It's challenging (laughs) to say the (laughs) least. Um, But I think one of the ways in which Steve makes up for that is he has a very cool setup, heavy gameplay where you can do things like you can put a block over the edge of, of a stage. And then, you know, they, when they come back, they have to either jump roll or, or just get up. And if they just get up, you can grab them, throw them against the block, and spike them down, which is just so satisfying to do. Um, so, if you're into feeling clever, uh, Minecraft Steve is a really good character for you. But yeah, those are my overall impressions, and I'll have a review going up sometime uh,
4: in the near future. I think you're incredibly right when you say, and we said it before that, like, there is no other character like this character which we can say about so many characters in Smash Brothers that it never ceases to amaze me the way that these DLC characters are implemented. And like, you could take the safe bet that so many other fighting games do where it's like, okay, this character, maybe he's a guest character, maybe he's a one from the series. He has the punches and kicks and the special moves, whatever. But then when you would get Smash Brothers characters, like, they pretty much walk out of the game they came from and somehow make it still work in a way that's still exciting to go like, I didn't know you could do this, but I'm really intrigued to see how this all works. And I think that's probably one of the strongest points, but even if it's not quote unquote fun to play, which yeah, I played a couple of matches as Steve and like, I feel that they are, they are a very technically heavy character and I don't usually gravitate towards those kind of characters, but I think that they are, they're probably a lot more fun to play a kind of like a party matchup. Um, mm-hmm. characters like the villager, um, or some other heavy characters who like can set traps. That if you're not paying attention in a huge battle, there's a lot of chances for Steve to just destroy you or sit in the background mining stuff. And if you're not paying attention, he'll come in and just like you do it. like the floor to everybody. But one-on-one, I'm not sure the longevity of that character. We'll see how you know more pro players pick him up and find like new movesets and strategies with him. But I do like what he represents. And I do like that. They found a way to make the mechanics of Minecraft work in a fighting game to his favor. Yeah, I- Izao,
3: who I actually don't know how to pronounce his name, I-Z-A-W on uh, YouTube and Twitter, who is one of my favorite Smash content creators. He makes the very best guides. Shout out to him. Uh, but he tweeted that uh, Minecraft Steve is officially the worst character in the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I mean, he's obviously much better than me uh but i i'm not that low on him but you know he's he's not one of my favorite dlc characters uh i'm going to give him a 7 uh which is the same score i gave banjo i was t- i was talking to tom about this i think in my pers- personal estimation he's probably like a 6 uh just in terms of how i enjoy him like a 6 would be okay uh but i think when you consider all the different things that they've done to Make this such a true and accurate representation of a Minecraft character in Smash. How they they you know got the the crafting mechanics, it got the building mechanics. Uh, I think you gotta take that into consideration, and it kind of brings me up just a little bit. Um,
1: yeah, but that's, yeah.
2: I mean, and that's that's something that we consistently see with these DLC reviews because they're weird and hard to do. Like to to both Brendan and Mitchell's credits, because you've both done a, a couple of them. A couple, done <laughs> uh, a lot uh, yeah. more than uh, I have. The like they're tricky because you're reviewing the DLC, right? Not just like how is this character in a one-on-one fight, and so mm-hmm. like it's it's a it's it's worth considering. I, I, I like that sort of take because it's like you're not just looking at like okay, do I have fun fighting as this person, but also like what about all the fixins and the other things and the level and the music and that sort of stuff and like that's the part that Nintendo and especially Bandai and Sora have never gotten wrong in a single one of their DLC additions to smash bros ultimate, right? Is they do all of those fixings and those details. So unbelievably well, like just incredibly well. And they make the look and the sound and the feel just spot on every time. Um and, that seems to be the case here, even if the actual gameplay that has manifested in that kind of faithfulness is not necessarily the the most exciting in the world.
4: Uh the just- is great the music is great.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh what was that? We we're just saying the music he was saying the music
3: was great. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, it is really good. Actually I don't really think about Minecraft all that much in terms of the music, but uh yeah the music that they they added in Smash Brothers is really good. And they also I think like seven of the nine tracks, or six of the nine tracks, are are new remixes, which is really cool. Uh, I also wanted to give an update. Uh, the The guy that I was just uh, plugging, I believe he deleted that tweet. So, <laughs> so am wow. what's not, not? You just put this guy on blast on <laughs> the strategy. <laughs> I, I'm not putting him on blast. I'm just, I just want to make sure that you know, I'm, I'm accurately re- representing, representing what he you know, is sticking by. <laughs> I
4: think to that point, and to Tom's point as well, um, as you are looking at reviews for Minecraft, Steve, and Smash, and of other DLC characters, like, it's important to take into consideration what do you want out of a fighter in Smash? Because a lot of people are reviewing it in very different ways. Whereas uh, Mitchell's friend is in a, in a very competitive context, you might not get that same appreciation for a character if you play Smash every so often with items on with a group of people. Like you might not care about that. And for a character like Minecraft Steve, he might actually be really fun to play in a eight player battle party mode in Hyrule Castle, where you're just in the temple yeah. bouncing around with blocks. Like that might be like the funnest character imaginable. But in a one on one fight in the competitive scene, he might be the worst character. We will see, but, like, there are a lot of different contexts taken appreciation when seeing how do people review this character and does that align with my viewpoints?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really important thing to bring up because Smash does live in this weird in-between world where it's an awesome party game that a lot of people play casually and it's also found this, like, really huge like, foothold in the competitive scene. Um, on that note, I want to bring up something that I saw Nintendo Life uh, kind of suggest in one of their posts, which is, is Steve's side special cheap? So this is the, um, he can get into the cart and then can, like, leave the cart and sort of, like, have you fly off of the, um, like, the stage, essentially. Like, like what what to you makes a Smash move cheap? It's kind of a fun party vibe. So, like, I feel like it anything kind of goes, but, like, what was your guys' interpretation of that kind of viewpoint?
4: Yeah, Mitchell, the minecart user (laughs) spammer. (laughs) Uh,
3: I will say it feels really bad to to have your shield up and all of a sudden gets get scooped up by a minecart and just fall to your death because, you know, you didn't realize that you had to jump over the cart and you couldn't block it. Um, Is it cheap? I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like one of the really cool things about Smash Brothers is that every character, just about every character, has something that makes them super, super strong. Uh, Little Mac, who is, you know, viewed competitively as one of the, the worst characters in the game, is an absolute monster. If you don't know how to deal with his speed and power and you don't know how to, you know, stop his his really bad recovery uh king k rule also viewed as as one of the the worst characters also has a bunch of tricks up his sleeve that if you don't know how to deal with them they will mess you up every time uh so you know is it cheap i think we got to we got to give it a little more time and and see how how the the pros react like you know come up with counter strategies to it uh but my gut feeling is no because you know the the cart does require resources and if they're just continuously using the cart or they're using the cart in a predictable way, you can either avoid it or you can punish someone when they try to, uh, you know, restore their, their iron. Um, but I will say I, I totally can see why people would think it would be cheap.
2: <laughs> Real quick though. I will contest that anything goes and there aren't cheap kills in smash bros Janet, <laughs> because exhibit a Grabbing somebody in your mouth is Kirby and then jumping off the edge. Uh, Exhibit B, (coughs) just that dumb Galaga item. That item is the worst and I hate it and it should die. Exhibit C, the drill item that does the same thing, but (laughs) sideways. Can we please do top 10 cheapest tricks? There are some items that I literally always like, I love playing high items, moving levels, wild zaniness. Like, I love that experience. Even when I do that, I turn off Galaga, I turn off the drill. (laughs) Like, there are some that are The Golden Beetle. <laughs> I, I could say terrible, awful things. About, about the gust you know? bellows?
4: You just push them off the edge and keep. Oh, the gust bellows
2: <laughs> are the worst. Get the heck out of here! Those, those those four items, man, and there are a couple more I know. forget. like, those four items are worse to me than anything else in the game because they have no counterplay. They are cheap, right? Like, yeah. at least a hammer, you have to like you slow down. You got to run away from. Them. There, there's there's things you can do, but like someone's just standing on the edge of a
3: map with a gust bellows, like. Come on. (laughs) I will say one thing I've noticed playing more smash online is that there's an uptick in donkey Kong players that just kind of hang out at the ledge block, grab you, you know, pick you up and then just throw you, throw you against the, uh, the side of the stage to spike you, or they'll just jump off and throw you, you know, and you can't recover because you're too far away as a Mario player. It, it it hurts. It hurts a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I've done
1: many a times from the Kirby, the Kirby suicide, as I call it.
2: They nerfed it (laughs) in this game, too. They made it like way harder to actually like, you don't stay in the mouth as long. Like Kirby can't really if you you do get to the bottom. Well, I think Brawl where that was basically just like a kill every time and you could always recover as Kirby. And it was like just not fair
3: at all. Well, what's worse is that in Ultimate, there's so many characters that can do that stuff. K. Rule can do it. Right. Uh, Diddy can do it. Kirby yeah. can do it. Uh, Donkey Kong can do something very similar. <laughs> yeah,
4: real do say, really can do from, something uh, something like that too. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to the Hard Drive, who posts their wonderful satirical articles. As I was downloading uh, Steve last night, I happened to see their headline: "Gamer pokes head back into Smash with Ultimate." to play exactly one match of Steve. I'm like, yep. All right. I've, I've been seen. Thanks. Thanks for-
1: <laughs> um, that was matches. definitely, that was definitely also me like this morning or right before recording, just trying to quickly, like, I'm like, what's, what's this card all about? Like jumping on some blocks, <laughs> seeing what's, seeing what's going on. Um One last thing I do want to mention before we move on from the smash topic is um a lot of people have been talking about Steve's victory screen and how it's a little bit, it's it's a little it's a little bit suggestive it's got like you know that sword's put in a in a spot that maybe maybe that wasn't maybe that wasn't the best idea do we think this is gonna get patched out or are they just yeah. gonna leave it there like a weird maybe they knew what they were doing there i don't really know what's up with that what do we it's, make of that
2: even worse it's not his sword it's his meat oh <laughs> just gonna let that one sit there for a second
1: as far as games out this week, we have an Overwatch game trial if you have Nintendo Switch online that is free from October 13th to October 20th. Cookserve Delicious 3 is October 14th at 1999 shantae Risks Revenge Director's Cut is out October fifteenth for nine ninety nine. Uh, Roki, which is a story driven adventure puzzle game, is out on October fifteenth as well for nineteen ninety nine. Alpaca Ball All Stars is out October fifteenth nineteen ninety nine. It's like a wacky physics alpaca soccer game, and I love it. Played the demo, very cool. And Jackbox Party Pack Seven is out October fifteenth for twenty nine ninety nine. And it's just always good to have some of those titles on hand because they are Jack super box. fun. Hell yeah. The
4: Flash 3 and, and check box 7. Get it.
1: Yes. So many good <laughs> games. All right. And now let's move on to what we are playing.
2: Tom, what do you playing? H- Hades, baby.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Still always and forever. I've played like 50 hours of that game since it came out. It hit 1.0. Uh, I've almost unlocked all the weapons. I've almost maxed out my bonds with people. I've almost like I'm shooting for like... The final, final sort of story thing that happens, which I won't go into detail and spoil. I don't even know much about it. I just sort of know slightly how to trigger it. Um, so I'm just playing a ton of that game, turning up the heat. I just had a my first highest heat win on teach 16 um, Like my fastest win was like 16 minutes. Like I've just been I've just been having fun pushing myself with that game. Um, so I'm playing a ton of Hades and it's still great and you should still play it. And then I'm also still playing Pikmin 3 Deluxe uh, for my review, but I can't quite talk about that yet.
1: Uh, Mitchell, what are you playing?
0: Hades, baby. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, Hades is is so so good. Uh, I'm not quite far as far along as Tom is. I just recently uh, got my 10th or 11th win, so I've seen like the I've rolled credits on it um and i'm just now getting into the end game stuff of you know adding heat to uh to each run and it's it's still so good yeah god roguelikes man i love roguelikes it's been such a good year for roguelikes like uh you know it's not on switch but i'm also playing a lot of Splunky, uh and i i put those two games just on on equal levels um but yeah, it's, it's so good. Obviously, I've been playing uh, more Smash uh, because of Minecraft Steve. I've been trying my my long term goal for for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate has been to try and get Mario into Elite Smash. And it has been driving me crazy that I have not been able to do it yet. I played with like I, I played maybe five games with Donkey Kong won all five, got him into Elite Smash immediately. And now I'm like scared to touch him again because I know if I try, I'm just going to get knocked out. I'm never going to get back there. Uh, <laughs> but Mario, I've been, I, I probably put as much time into just playing Mario in Elite Smash as I, ha- as I have playing Hades. <laughs> That's wild. And I, oh I have God. not been able to get him into Elite Smash yet.
4: Um, someday.
1: It'll happen for sure. It'll happen. Brendan, what do you plan?
4: Uh I dip my toes into Hades. <laughs> uh, yeah, Where like, was the baby at? <laughs> I've only played like three runs so far, but I've been juggling a lot of other things, so I it hasn't hooked me yet. I'm waiting for that oh. run to go like, okay, I really want to keep going. But so far, it's it's been fun, but it hasn't been like, oh, I gotta keep playing hooked me fun. Um, but I've also been um playing a bit of the Fall Guy season two. Which has been fun and working on our official wiki, checklist of all the costumes. Uh I dipped my toes back into uh Blasphemous, the uh Spanish themed Dark Souls 2D game. Uh that just got a big update a while back with like a new game plus mode with new content, as well as the Spanish language audio, which was where the game was created from. So I kinda really like hearing the audio in all Spanish voices. Um What's the other game? Oh, yeah, I'm also playing Genshin Impact on PC uh, to see if it is truly Breath of the Wild-like. And I think in, in some regards, they've done some stuff better than than Nintendo did, and in some regards, they haven't. Like, no breakable weapons, plus. Having <laughs> to gotcha for weapons? Not as plus. <laughs> but, uh, but to be fair, I spent a like, year in. Fire Emblem Heroes, another gotcha mobile game and only ever spent 20 bucks when I really wanted one character. And I think I got my money's worth after a whole year playing that game. And so far I haven't spent any money in Genshin Impact and I'm having fun just exploring their nicely created world. And I feel like if I don't have to spend any money, I'm going to have a fun time with it. So pretty pretty interesting so far.
3: Out of curiosity, what character did you you spend money for in Fire Fire Emblem
4: Heroes? Uh it was the uh Fire Emblem uh what's I'm forgetting the name right now. Path of Radiance uh set. So Soren, uh, okay. Ike, Tatiana, and um Mist. And I really wanted to get uh those characters because I really loved Path of Radiance. Got it.
1: Nice. I'm not playing. Hades, baby. Unfortunately, I need to get around to it. It's on my game of the year watch list. Um, I'm mostly just doing still some Mario Kart Home Circuit. uh, And I just got the um, arcade one up Miss Pac-Man machine in my apartment. And my brother still has the high score right now. So I'm going to go back and try to get that high score um, because that's now what my life is going to be. Just that on a loop but let's go ahead and dip into um a few things from question block before we head out Uh, we have a question coming in from jake f marsden it is the nes and snes collections on switch are looking a lot more full and healthy than they did at launch but what's missing what games do you imagine are left to hit the software and what do you wish will be coming that might not be
3: chrono trigger
4: always chrono trigger i wonder what their deal is with licensed software Because there was a lot of good licensed games, Uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles, Turtles in Time, uh, Cool Spots, Latin, like stuff like that. Like, I'd really love to see, but I don't know if they have the rights to put them back up and charge money for them. So I would love to see some of those games like that. Um, Also, Super Double Dragon, some Bomberman games. Couldn't go wrong with those.
2: When when Earthbound came to the Wii U Virtual Console, it was like a really big deal. Like it was it was because that at that time when it first had like carts of that game, SNES carts of that game were like $100. And it was the first time it had been like digitally available like that in a while. So like I think bringing Earthbound would be really cool to have.
1: Yeah, Logan also mentioned that, our production assistant uh, for Earthbound. For me, I want like <laughs> like these games that I feel like aren't crazy critically acclaimed, but sort of beloved. Um, I never got to play Mario Paint. I think Mario Paint would be cool. Um, and then I really love Yoshi's Cookie. I'm a Yoshi's Cookie apologist. I think that game is super fun. Um, I still play it on my, I think, Game Boys. It's also available on. Um, and I would love to see that on uh, the Switch collection. Though admittedly, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like... I really want that to be beefed up and like a steady thing, but then I don't really end up playing the games that often. But like, mm-hmm. I like the option of playing the games, essentially. Um, and then one last question from Question Block before we head out. Preston Chase Sharp asks, what are some potential Halloween slash spooky themed Mario power-ups and how would they work in-game?
4: Skeleton power-up. They can already have it though
1: with the bones, like with the shell, like the little shell you can hop in.
4: Yeah, but if you just turn into a full skeleton though. I don't know what it would actually do to you. Maybe it would just give you the dry bones power of never actually dying. You just come back to life after being shattered.
3: Oh, I, I got one. Uh, so it would be a Mario Kart power up and it would be a jack-o'-lantern. And it would be like the ink the ink spot thing where you, th- you would throw it at someone and it would get a, a jack-o'-lantern over their head, but it would also affect your vision. So it would be black screen, but you can only see out of, you know, little triangle eyes and a, a little mouth. That's really good. I really want the, that
4: kind of like in um, like, like the, like the visual impairment, you just have like a, a, a bat one. You just throws a swarm of bats in your face. Mm, like yeah. I would that also be that. Begins.
1: <laughs> and they kind of have that one that tracks Tom. What about you? Any ideas for Halloween themed Mario Kart power ups?
2: I mean, like I'm trying to, I know Mario, I've seen an image of Mario as a somewhere in the world. Right, but I don't know mm-hmm. if that's ever really been fully explored. Of like Mario becoming Boo.
4: There wasn't a Mario Galaxy. Yeah. yeah. Was there? Yeah, yeah. I think it was Galaxy Two. Okay.
2: See, I, this is the thing: is he's done so many. He's been a bee, a cloud. Like <laughs> I also had the idea I'm of like
1: track. I'm like. Uh, kind of a ghost thing too, where you could maybe like go through like blocks to reach hidden areas. But I don't know if that has been done. All right,
4: yeah. I'll go play in one up. and two.
2: I want Mario to be a vampire, and I want him to literally suck the life out of Goombas. I, I want him to shrivel them into dried mushrooms, and just like,
4: yeah, are they I already wanted. dried mushrooms?
2: Maybe I don't know. I always thought they were like <laughs> like shiitake, or you know, like anyway. Holy cow! That's horrifying. And with that oh, horrific
1: image, we're going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and end this week's episode. That's about all the time we have left for this week's NVC. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, and remember, this is the only place where you can get the
2: thing. Get the, get the thing. thing.
3: Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator.